Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah! Gays Against Guns is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ plus people and allies committed to non-violently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. Investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Sarah Germain Lilly. This week's show is The Ripple Effect. Our guests, New York State Senator Zelnor Myrie and Gays Against Guns organizer Bridget McGinn. Our innovative public leader, New York State Senator Zelnor Myrie, tells us about the ways New York State's gun regulations have already become models for gun safety laws in other states. The ripples flow both ways since the recent gun regulation reversal of New York's concealed carry law is affecting other states. Senator Myrie will share how future gun regulation rulings from the Supreme Court will impact the ways our leaders can adopt gun safety regulations. Later in the show, Gays Against Guns organizer Bridget McGinn describes the role Gays Against Guns will play at the 2020 Women's Convention in Houston, Texas in August, and I will be joining her at the Women's Convention. So next up, we have our In Memoriam contributed by Libby Edwards. Thank you, Libby. In remembrance of Eliza Spencer, 12 years old, April 21st, 2022 in Binghamton, New York. Eliza Spencer was walking with her 13-year-old brother and her father across the street from her home when she was struck by a bullet. Eliza was a sixth grade student in the East Middle School where she was always on the high honor roll. She loved to garden with her father, growing strawberries and blackberries. Eliza played the violin and she loved to paint and draw. Eliza was also an avid reader. She was determined to read at an early age and was able to read in kindergarten. Eliza also liked taking pictures with her camera. This is truly heartbreaking, Karam said. Eliza was a very bright, talented student, an honor roll student, a softball player, and well-loved by teachers and classmates alike, Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram told reporters. Family friend Kaiden Talley said she grew up with Eliza and their families have always been close. I am very angry about this tragic loss and I want more of the community to know not only about Eliza, but that this shouldn't happen, Tally said. I really wanted to organize something for Eliza so that not only she knows, but her family knows that we are here for her. Tally said it's important for the community to come together so this stops happening so that other 12-year-olds don't have to be scared to walk with their families at night and we can all come together to celebrate her and really show her that we are here for her. We remember you, Elisa Spencer. Thank you. Now next, we bring you the gun violence prevention news. Representative Gabby Giffords, a survivor of 
gun violence, is the star of a new movie about her struggle to recover her life, her gun safety advocacy, and efforts to reduce gun violence. The New York Times reports the film is not shy about positioning Gifford's advocacy working alongside an assessment of her views on firearms more broadly, including that she and her husband are gun owners. The documentary's mood never strays from inspirational. The movie is called Gabby Giffords Won't Back Down. And from The Trace, President Biden plans to unveil a $37 billion proposal for crime prevention. The Safer America plan request that is part of his 2023 budget proposal was set to be unveiled this week, but delayed because of the president's COVID diagnosis. It would request funding to help police departments hire and train thousands of new officers in the next five years, provide $3 billion to ease court system backlogs, invest $5 billion in community violence intervention programs, and launch a $15 billion grant that would in part encourage states and localities to use non-law enforcement first responders to handle non-violent situations. The last step points to a growing nationwide movement to remove police from situations that in the past have preceded fatal police shootings. And Governor Kathy Hochul this week announced $13.6 million to fight gun violence, aid victims and survivors and their families and communities, and bolster the state's response to the ongoing public health crisis in communities that have experienced significant increases in shootings and firearm-involved crimes since early 2020. A total of $9.1 million will allow the state to continue supporting more than 30 nonprofit organizations and hospitals so they can deploy gun violence intervention staff through 2023. $2 million will address the needs of victims, families, and communities affected by violence in Queens. And $2.5 million will fund the state's Office of Gun Violence Prevention's public awareness and data analysis work. This critical funding will boost the efforts of street outreach workers and social workers as they expand proven programs that interrupt and drive down gun violence and provide services and support to victims, families, loved ones, and neighborhoods still healing from the trauma inflicted by shootings, Governor Hochul said. I've said it before and I'll say it again, enough. We are going to pull together and devote everything we've got to put an end to this public health crisis so our communities can be safe for all New Yorkers. And that's the gun violence prevention news on Radio Gag. You're listening to WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio. This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. You can hear us on WBAI 99.5 FM Free Speech Radio on Tuesdays at 2.30 p.m. or on your favorite podcast platform. So pour yourself an icy beverage, sit back in the shade, and listen in while Radio Gag shares all the dish on how to end the gun violence epidemic. 
And please, please help to keep us on the air fighting gun violence by making a contribution to the WBAI Tower Fund. Be generous and give now. You can call 212-209-2950 and make a pledge to the Tower Fund to pay the rent on our broadcast tower. Call 212-209-2950 or go to give2wbai.org. That's G-I-V-E numeral 2 WBAI.org. And thank you. And next up, listeners, State Senator Zelnor Myrie. Good afternoon, listeners. We are here today with State Senator Zelnor Myrie, who has been fundamental and groundbreaking in passing laws that protect us. And I've invited him here today to talk about the ripple effect of the gun laws that New York State has passed, and then also this ripple effect of the recent Scottish ruling and how that is going to affect the laws that our leaders can pass to make us safer. So welcome, Senator Myrie. Thank you for joining us again on Radio Gag. It is a pleasure to be back. So I wanted to ask you first, what are some of the laws that passed first here in New York State that are having a significant impact in other states? Yeah, so one of the uh, laws that I am most proud of, having uh, authored it, sponsored it, gotten it through the legislature, uh, was this law that stood for a very simple proposition. And that is, if you are an irresponsible member of the gun industry, that victims of that irresponsibility, victims of violence, people who have been impacted, survivors, that they should be able to have their day in court to hold you responsible for your policies and your practices. Uh, this was something that many people thought we could not do because there's a federal law that grants almost total immunity to the gun industry from being sued whatsoever. Uh, but we found the exception uh, in that federal law and we passed it in New York we were the first to do it in the nation. And what has been pretty cool to watch is to see other states pass bills that are nearly identical to that. So our neighbors across the Hudson, New Jersey, recently signed a similar bill into, into law. Uh, out in California, just a couple of weeks ago, they signed a similar bill uh, into law. And in Delaware, they also have signed uh, a, a similar bill. We have had conversations with a number of other states. I just had the honor of being with the White House senior staff last week, uh, talking with a number of state legislatures. The president has shown interest uh, in this effort. And so I'm just proud as a New Yorker uh, to say that uh, we have done something that is sweeping across the nation and that will have an impact on keeping people safe. It's great. Now, can you give us an example of a suit that holds manufacturers accountable for the harm that their products do? Uh, I sure can. And there are two lawsuits that have already been brought utilizing this law, uh, which has been great to see. And so um, uh, one lawsuit was brought by the city of New York and our attorney general, Tish James, against a number of ghost gun manufacturers uh, using our uh, law. And for our listeners who aren't um, uh, as familiar, uh, 
what we have done is we declare the, the, the violation of our gun laws a public nuisance. Uh, and that allows uh, for, again, victim survivors to be able to bring bad actors into court. And this lawsuit by the attorney general and by the city of New York uh, says that these ghost gun manufacturers are flooding our streets with illegal weapons and that they should be held accountable. So two people have utilized this lawsuit, our attorney general and uh, the city of New York. And in that lawsuit, they sued a number of ghost gun manufacturers. And they said, look, you are flooding the streets of New York with illegal guns. You should be held accountable for that. Uh, but it's also available to private citizens. One of the survivors of the Sunset Park mass shooting uh, in the subway, she brought a lawsuit as soon as our law was upheld in federal court. She brought a lawsuit and said, uh, you know, Glock, which happened to, to, to be the weapon of choice in that shooting, that you irresponsibly marketed this gun uh, to individuals uh, who were likely to use it for the wrong purposes. And that's the beauty of the statute that we, we, uh, that we wrote, was that it allows for these different avenues of accountability, just like every other corporate actor um, has, to, has to do. You know, the safety that we enjoy uh, in our cars, it wasn't because the industry was, you know, good hearted and said, why don't we provide this safety? It was because they were sued. Uh, the reason why our children don't see marketing of cigarettes on television and in their schools. It wasn't because the tobacco industry got together, held hands and said, let's protect our children. It was because they were sued. Uh, and it's the same thing with the opioid epidemic. We see billions of dollars that are the result of litigation saying you harmed our communities. Now we need the resources to heal from that harm. It's the same principle here with this law. My hope is that it will get the bad actors in the industry to get their act together. Thank you. Great. And what can we see? What can we expect to see in terms of challenges to new gun regulations that this Supreme Court will hear in coming years? You know, it's really, really scary, Sarah, because the Bruin case that obviously many of us are familiar with uh, really set out a test, um, a, a, a legal test that basically says the court can make any determination they want on any type of regulation. Uh, the test put forward by Justice Thomas uh, says, you have to compare the current day regulation to some analogous regulation in the 18th or 19th century, which is just, to me, absurd legal reasoning. Uh, we are in a very different country in 2022 than we were in 1791. And for the court to say the regulations have to mirror what was happening in 1791 is really just a fancy way of saying, we're gonna make the decision on what um, we uphold and, and, and what we strike down. So there are a number of regulations that don't have an analogy to 1791. You think about the ghost gun industry. Uh, how would our you know, founding fathers uh, how could they have contemplated that people could make lethal weapons in the comfort of their home, that they could order it on the internet? Imagine trying to explain the internet to folks in the 18th century, uh, that they could get weapons that way. Is that, does that mean that we cannot regulate ghost guns, that we cannot regulate the sales of firearms on the internet? We had no public transportation uh, back in the 18th century. Uh, and so does that mean that we can't regulate who brings a firearm onto a bus, 
who brings a firearm into a school building. Uh, so it's very problematic. We've already seen challenges to our laws, the law that I was talking about earlier today was sued by the gun industry the week before Christmas last year. Uh, and we got a very favorable ruling uh, in federal court a couple of months ago, which was very good to see. They have appealed uh, to the Second Circuit, and I imagine that whatever the result um, uh, in the Second Circuit, that they will be appealing to the Supreme Court. Uh, but I feel better about our law uh, than I do about um, some of our other regulations because it's not a Second Amendment case. Uh, this has to do with consumer protection. Uh, this is about uh, you marketing in a responsible way, selling in a responsible way. Uh, and that's the state has the ability to regulate um, uh, those corporate actors. And that makes me hopeful for the future of many of our regulations. Thank you so much. Now, can you explain the idea of countervailing rights? For example, how the right of peaceable assembly might limit the right to bear arms? Now, this is a really important uh, issue, and it is tempting, I know, for uh, us lawyers to get bogged down in the legalese, and, and most people won't understand what that concept means, but it's very simple. No individual right outlined in the Constitution is unlimited. Uh, the court has said uh, that the exercise of one right should not infringe upon the exercise of another. Uh, and in the event that those two things conflict, it is up to the legislatures to make that balancing decision uh, on how we should allow for one particular right to be exercised over another. So when it comes to the Second Amendment, despite what many people would like to believe, the court has made it clear that your right to carry a firearm is not unlimited. And even in this new Bruin case, the court reiterated that principle and said that it is not unlimited. So what then happens uh, when the Second Amendment clashes with other uh, rights? And we took that into consideration when we were passing our response to the court uh, as it pertained to property rights. Think about a situation in which a plumber walks into your house. Um, right now, under the, the, the law in a lot of the states, not here in New York, we just changed it, but right now that plumber has full license to bring in their concealed carry weapon and they don't have to tell you and they don't have to ask your permission. Um, it is a presumption that they can carry it on your own personal property. What we did was we flipped that presumption and we said, wait, the Second Amendment isn't unlimited. I have rights on my property too. I have a right to be safe on my property. I have a right to live on my property. I have a right to be free of fear on my property. And so the law now in New York flips it on its head and says there is a presumption that firearms are not allowed on private property unless the property owner has given express consent for you to bring that on. Um, and that uh, I think is, a, is, is hopefully gonna turn the tide on these types uh, of laws, but there you see two rights going at each other. When I was debating this bill on the floor and defending it, um, one of my Republican colleagues brought up this particular provision uh, and I told him, I said, look, uh, I have a first amendment right to free speech. That doesn't mean that I can walk into your living room and plant a campaign sign and say, hey, don't bother me because I'm just expressing my first amendment right. There are clear delineations to those rights, and that's what we're going to be trying to balance going forward as it relates to the Second Amendment. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And let me just say again to the listeners, never lose hope that we can end gun violence in our generation. Things are hairy on the Supreme Court, uh, but I think the gun 
violence prevention movement is as strong as it's ever been. Uh, and we need to be stronger. So do not lose hope. We can do it. Uh, and you got legislators fighting right next to you. So thank you again for having me. I will fight next to you anytime. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Myrie, thank you so much. And next, our activist organizer, Bridget McGinn of Gays Against Guns, joins us to talk about the 2022 Women's Convention, a gathering of over 50 nonprofit organizations dedicated to supporting human rights that's being held in Houston, Texas in August. Welcome listeners. We're here with Bridget McGinn, an organizer with Gays Against Guns. Welcome Bridget. Bridget is going to tell us about the Women's Convention coming up in Houston. How are you today, Bridget? Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sarah. It's good to be here. Yeah, I am going, you and I, Sarah, actually, are going to the Women's Convention in Houston, Texas on August uh, 12th to 14th. And I wanted to invite everybody who is interested in being a part of organizing with other organizations to bring some sense to the recent enraging rulings that have happened from SCOTUS, both on abortion and on rights of gun owners, which makes now more than ever the time for us to be building community skills and accessing resources to fight like we've never fought before. So if you're looking to take the next step in your activism, whether you're new to organizing or a seasoned veteran, you will not wanna miss this. Come to Texas, if you're in Texas, come to Houston on August 12th to 14th for the Women's Convention. We are proud to partner with Women's March, Black Feminist Future, Planned Parenthood Action Fund, National Organization for Women, National Women's Law Center, and Ultraviolet to host the Women's Convention, a gathering of women and allies ready to fight back against the tsunami of right-wing extremism by gathering together to create a unified strategy. We aren't there to build just to build community. We are building a community with purpose. So together we want to act as a mobilizing force for democracy and justice for women everywhere in the United States. It will be a convention about building a political, social and community driven strategy to fight back against the extremism and the disinformation that has rooted itself in our country. This is a long game and we're starting now. It's gonna be a packed three days with speakers, panels, screenings, art exhibits, and trainings as we strengthen a women-led network to face the challenges ahead of us. And Gays Against Guns is really, really proud and excited to participate in a movement that is going to help make the change that we need to shift how things are happening in our country because it's really scary especially for women now thank you bridget mcginn organizer with gays against guns i look forward to being with you at the convention in houston and everyone let's spread the word about the women's convention in houston in august It's time to end our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net 
or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio station going by giving a small donation every month. And really folks, just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this live show every week. Thank you. Go to WBAI.org or G-I-V-E, numeral 2, WBAI.org, or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. Thank you. So thanks for listening, and we are back with a new episode every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform.